Brain Buster Boys are brought to you by Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. Okay, very good. Rick Flair, you have made world. Okay, very good. Rick Flair, Rick Flair, Rick Flair, Rick Flair, you have made world, made world, made world. Rick Flair, what? That's cigarette. Put that cigarette out. You ready? Let's do it. Buster Boys, episode 50. My goodness. My name is Brett Jagger, along with Beaumont Rand. Hi, everyone. Uh, we're, we're golden today. Our golden episode. Yes. 50. Yes. Yes. We are a bunch of golden boys. Golden and, idols. And you know who else is golden? The Cincinnati Bengals. Holy yes. shit, they did it again, didn't they? Yeah. Shocking. Like I don't know, shocking makes it seem like it, it like uh, it's almost insulting at this point. You know, yeah. the Bengals are, are really good and now everybody knows it, you know, like, yeah, like the it's shocking. Like we talked, so we watched the game together Saturday, 1916 over the Titans. Holy shit. It's shocking. I brought it up then. It's like, we were six, whatever, and one and two years under Zach Taylor. And then just like that, we're in the AFC championship. Yeah. For, yes, we, you know, we had a good season, but you know, I don't think anyone expected this and I'm still in disbelief myself. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, not shocking because they are good. And, you know, Burroughs whole thing has been like, we're not the underdog. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, this is us. Why not yeah. us? It is us. But as a fan for me, my whole life and you, I know a good chunk of your life. Sure. Uh, it is shocking because I don't think even when we made the playoffs this year, I don't think anyone expected oh, us so to be here. The onus has been on when that first game for such mm-hmm. a long time. For 31 that, years. Yeah, for yeah. 31 years that like when you move past that, like you were, said, we're playing with house money. So to kind of yeah. go inside the mentality of it, you're like, you know, I, 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 you know, if we lose here, we lose here. I mean, we, we did, you know, the big thing, you know, we got the monkey off our back. Um, you know, for the first round playoff exits, what were we? Oh, and seven since 90, uh, 91 right. up to that point. Yeah. But, um, 
but as we got into the game, you know, and as I think we led the entire time, I don't think the Bengals were ever down. No, it um, felt to, like to, the uh, Oakland game in the sense that we were just in control, but it was always very close. Well, Burrow got sacked nine times, which yeah. is pretty crazy. Like usually people don't get sacked nine times and win a ball game. Well, I, yeah, I saw that was the first time that's happened in the playoffs and only the sixth time in NFL history a team has won after getting sacked nine wow. times. So pretty thank, crazy. Thank you, thank you, Ryan Tannehill, for that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And some of Mike Vrabel's shitty calls. Oh, and yeah, yeah, yeah. The play hey, but, of our defense and Burrow and Chase. I mean, on that fucking last play to get into field goal range, it was just like schoolyard ball, just whoop, wide yeah. open, done. Um, insanity. Um, and yeah, Evan it, McPherson, of course, oh. four for four, hitting the game-winning 52-yarder, and he hit four field goals the week prior. Uh, yeah, it feels nice to have a good kicker, I'll tell you what. Yeah, that, that you can rely on that will win you games straight up. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was pretty pretty spectacular. Uh, you know, like, in, as we got into the thick of the game, you know, the Titans kind of came back, and I think they started driving down the, the field. I think, what was it, Deonta Foreman busted off that big, like, 45-year-old – or 45-yard, yep. not 45-year-old <laughs> run. Um, but, yeah, I remember sitting there, like, and just beginning to be like, man, they're going to lose, you know, just kind of that left for dead, starting yep. to accept the fact that you lost. And it was crazy to me to think, like, man, like, that's so far – then from the mentality that I had going into the game where I was like, Oh, we're playing with house money. If we lose, we lose. you know, yeah, like, yeah, for them to make you uh, believe and to expect them to win, uh, you know, like over the course of that was just um, pretty astounding. Like they're really good. Yeah. Um, next week's obviously going to be, you know, <laughs> a, big far, test. a big test, easily the best team we played in the playoffs, Kansas city. And we beat them four weeks ago. I we mean, did. at home, obviously, and not in the playoffs. So, you know, we talked before the game, who would you rather play, Buffalo or Kansas City? And I think we both agreed Buffalo because it's going to be tough to beat Kansas City again, yeah. let alone in Arrowhead, which is very tough to play, and in the playoffs for them going for their fourth straight AFC championship. Yep. But shit, Buffalo looked fucking good last night, I too. Mean, I mean, I, mean I, guess, I think this is definitely worth talking about, too, because, uh, like, the reaction online was, like, a lot of people were like, this may be one of the best NFL games I've seen, you know, when yeah. from in the playoffs to all year to, you know, Ever. like – to, to ever and yeah. like and then very quickly came the responses of like is this their overreaction you know like and after like processing time what do you think it's definitely one of the best games i can remember in the last several years i yeah. mean the fourth quarter alone was yeah. insane and i mean in the two minutes there were 25 points scored in the final two minutes of the game yeah and i mean just two of the best quarterbacks in the league you know defenses were cashed i mean those guys made just incredible plays the whole game out both of them with down their like so many yeah. times yeah yeah both of them with their legs often too i mean it was just a sight to behold and i mean yeah when the bills score with 13 seconds left you just assume it's over yeah. but mahomes if anyone can do it mahomes two plays and they get in field goal mm -hmm. range and I mean, I know you tweeted a bunch of stuff and there's a lot of chatter today about changing the overtime rules, which probably should happen, but the Bills defense needs to step up. Oh, yeah. It's on that final drive with 13 seconds to go or in overtime. Yeah. Make you, one play and you win the game. Yeah, you have to like they just didn't. They just were too cashed. We're not, you know. 
up to the task of tackling like the Tyreek Tyreek Hill and Hardman and those guys who are just ungodly fast. Yeah. So yeah, I mean that's just pretty much what happened. You know, like I wouldn't like to see the NFL overtime rules like completely transformed into college. You know, I think you know, kind of keeping it how it is, but allowing teams like maybe in the playoffs to answer with a touchdown. Yeah, I think you that's know. fair. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's certainly a sour taste in the mouth for Josh Allen, of course, who you know, on that fourth and 13, the game was on the line. They got the touchdown and then they got the touchdown at the end of the game with 13 seconds. So it's like he did everything he could, yeah. but the defense just couldn't hold him. But it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, I agree. I think playoffs give them a second chance. Or I saw someone say, just have a 10 minute clock first and not first to score, but just 10 minutes and just play. Yeah. See what happens. And but, then just kind of keep, and then like, you know, I guess would have a double overtime for, yeah. you know, keep repeating periods. Yeah. Until someone but, wins, which eventually somebody will. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely a shame. But again, Bills had the number one defense in the league and you got to make a play. That's how sure. I feel about it. Um, but yeah, what a fucking game, regardless. And, yeah. Uh, I think yeah, a, good, I mean, a good go way ahead. to put it for me would, um, like, t- one of the top five, one of the best sporting events in the past few years. I think For like sure. that, that that's a good way to, you know, give it its proper due no while, doubt. you know, kind of not overreacting. It's something I know I'll never forget watching. Um, I think Bengals are definitely lucky, as we've said, that they did not have to play one of those two teams in yes. the second round. And I mean, frankly, that was kind of the de facto AFC championship. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say we're as good as either of those teams, but Hey, that's how the cookie crumbled. And, uh, Somehow we've got a fucking shot to make the Super Bowl. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Ridiculous. And um, here's what, here's the way I feel about this game upcoming. You know, like I don't necessarily expect us to win. You know, not not really even no. close, you know, but I am fully confident that we hopeful. Can. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, agree. I, I, I'm, I'm confident. Like, like that, that's the thing about this team. It's like, you know, you think that they're in a situation that they're over their head and, you know, and, and, and they're just not. You know, they're yeah. just able to compete and, and they're really good. And, um, you know, they just continue to surprise you each week. So it's like, you know, I don't expect that trend to slow down, you know. But what uh, I do know is Burrow can't get sacked nine times ago. No. Yeah, absolutely <laughs> That's a fact. Um, yeah. And obviously we've been dealing with injuries on, the, you know, the line wasn't that great to begin with, but it played good enough all year. But that right side, neither guy was a starter coming into this year. And yeah. – that just got abused. So it's like, just try some. I mean, Jackson Carmen, the rookie, like, he, can he be any worse than Akeem Adeniji was at guard? Probably not. So, yeah. like, let's just throw him out there because yeah. it can't be worse than it was last week. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a hostile environment for sure. Like you said, I wouldn't, you know, I'm not expecting us to win. I think no. I saw the line opened at Chiefs by seven, which is fair. I was thinking it'd be about six. Um, you know, just go in and don't get blown out. And I don't think they will. I mean, unless the defense just completely falls apart. But we proved we could beat them at home again four weeks ago. And it's not like they didn't have any stakes because they didn't end up getting the number one seed as a result of that. So and that was the game we needed to win to get in the playoffs. But yeah, it's going to be fun. It's going to be exciting. Uh, let's hope they can keep Burrow up a little bit and that the defense can play. The defense was amazing. If they can yeah. play as good as they played. I mean, Derrick Henry was largely an afterthought. And yeah. we stopped him on that fourth and one. We stopped him on that uh, two-point conversion. 
Um, you know, Foreman had the one had the big run. I mean, Henry was like three something yards of carry, like yeah, not much of a factor. Yeah, no, I mean, and like, I guess the strategy of stop the run, let Taney Hill beat us, you know, won't necessarily apply as no, much to the Chiefs. It's going to be the opposite this week. But, it, it, but yeah, yeah, gonna, yeah, definitely going to be the opposite. But I mean, again, our, you know, um, coverage, our, our cornerbacks, our safeties, like got key turnovers, you know, when yeah. they needed them. D-line so, needs to get yeah. more pressure this week. For sure. Um, like they did against them the first time. Uh, but yeah, it's just insane to be here. It's exciting. The whole city is excited. Uh, it's still cut. Like you said, it's still just like, is, is this even real? You know, it's still just hard to believe even two days later as we record this on Monday, the 24th, but, uh, yeah, yeah fucking who day brother. That's all I got to say to wrap it up. Boop, boop. <laughs> I'm doing like the, what the kids yeah. do to make, um, semi truck song. But aside from that, um, we are about to get into our wonderfully fun review, the 30-year anniversary of Royal Rumble 1992. Put that cigarette out. Uh, This was a fun one. Yeah, you had not seen the whole show. Obviously, you'd just seen the Rumble match, which we reviewed on our episode, The Plot Show, which you found an interesting uh, note coming into this yeah, recording. Yeah, yeah, like I said, it's um, one year ago today, the anniversary of the beginning of Put That Cigarette Out, <laughs> impact on the show and my life in particular. <laughs> um, another thing, too, I'm not far away from the Snowpiercer episode, which is the next one. I saw Snowpiercer season oh, uh, yeah. three, whatever they're which, on now. I've yeah. been tempted to watch many times. Yeah, yeah. So um, it's kind of, you know, uh, fun to sort of look back and, and think about, you know, those things, what we were doing then, yeah. where we are now, but uh, so our especially fifth, plot show. Yeah, our 50th episode, which we review Royal Rumble 92 on the same day we reviewed the plot show, which we reviewed the Royal Rumble match 1992, one year ago. Yeah. How about, about that? It. Something yes. in the air. And also we did, we recorded for the first time in Louisville, Kentucky. We had edited down there before, but never recorded. We tried a bit of a different recording setup to varying success. Um, It's not going to sound too bad, but you will hear maybe some squeaky chairs. And I was really excited talking about this one and my chair was squeaking and, uh, yeah. So, uh, just deal with it. Just, 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 that's all part of, all part of that. It's all part of the infectious enthusiasm. Yeah, it was great. And uh, I guess we can go ahead and throw this out there since we already did on Twitter on Friday that we're going to be for our third week in a row reviewing another old show. This one uh, directly influenced from Royal Rumble 92. We're going to be reviewing from December 3rd, 1991. This Tuesday in Texas. Yes, we're just literally taking one step back from the Royal Rumble '92. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, to, we're going uh, backwards now. To, to what fed into it? Um, it's yes. gonna be fun. And we won't get too much into why. You'll have you could you'll hear that here in the review. Uh, why we got into this Tuesday in Texas so much, and uh, yeah, expect a full review of that show next week. Uh. In addition to maybe some Royal Rumble coverage, which is yeah. on Saturday, because I think we'll probably be watching that as well. So, uh, yeah, should be a, a fun one here. Oh, yeah, but, uh, yeah. yeah, anything you'd like to add before we get into our uh, Royal Rumble 92 review? Not off the top of my head, sir. Okay. Well, you know what we do want to add mm-hmm. is about Manscaped. Oh, yeah. Let's, let's, let's add. 
Let's add, subtract, multiply, and so divide and conquer. Roses are red, violets are blue. Don't let a wild pube wreck you. Ah! Valent- ah, Valentine's Day is just around the corner, and our sponsors at Manscaped are here for you with the best tools to get your balls ready for the special occasion. This V-Day, it's time to join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped, the leaders in below-the-waist grooming, with our exclusive offer. Go to manscaped.com and use the promo code BBB for 20% off and all and free shipping. Beaumont, we've been talking about the perfect package 4.0, but today I'm going to tell you about the performance package 4.0. Yes. yes. It's the thing every guy needs in their life to make each and every day just a little more special. The first product in this package is the Lawnmower 4.0. You know all about that. The electric trimmer that's designed to trim hair on loose skin. And get this, the trimmer's advanced skin-safe technology reduces cuts and nicks on your delicate balls. It even has a 4,000K LED spotlight so you, sh- so you can shave anywhere your heart desires. Did I mention that it's waterproof, too? Did no, you know no, that? No, no, yeah, you, I don't think you've mentioned that yet uh, today, but you have mentioned it on other days, for sure. Yeah, it's a great tool to use in the shower. Uh, This package also includes the Weed Whacker, nose and ear hair trimmer to whack all the worst of your weeds. And Manscaped even throws in two free gifts, the Shed Travel Bag and the Anti-Chafing Boxer Briefs to keep your boys stored comfortably. You've heard all about those from us as well. Oh yeah, we've worn them uh, significantly and they feel nice. I've worn the Shed Bag though, I've I've put items (laughs) in it. Yes, we've But not myself. Yeah, yeah. Yes. To complete the perfect package, oh, the perfect package for your package, even though it's the performance package. Yeah, just for, well, you have you have to perform to be perfect, but you have to yeah. be perfect to you know it's it's a a time is a flat circle thing, but with male grooming. And it's all about the package. Um, are the liquid formulations you've heard all about from us, like the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, my favorite, and the Crop Reviver Ball Toner. Start your day off with the deodorant for your boys and then stay cool all day with the toner to keep you feeling your best day and night. night. These formulations will also have your balls smelling like a king on the big day. And don't forget to smell good not only around your balls, but all over. Made with their signature scent, the Manscaped Refined Cologne will complement your collection with smell perfection. Manscaped created their products for a night just like this and will make your V-Day date say, wow, wow, great set of balls you have there. They'll say, well, thank you. Yeah. Go to manscaped.com for our exclusive offer of 20% off and free shipping with the code BBB. Your balls and lady or man will thank you. Well, 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 the time is upon us. 30 years of putting that cigarette out. Beaumont, are you ready to go for Royal Rumble 92? How can I not be? How could you not be? We reviewed the Rumble match itself about a year ago, I guess. I looked back at my notes. It was the Dynamite from January 20th, which was yesterday. And two days ago, the 19th, was the 30th anniversary of Royal Rumble 92. Uh, obviously, uh, Mean Jeans put that cigarette out, certainly took on a life of its own. Yeah. Uh, well, it was so funny, this time we realized it's the very 
very, very end. It like, closes the show. Yeah, pretty much. Like it is like like I think there's a maybe a minute left. Like Ric Flair says something, that's it. And then Gene has to like come back and like do a sign off as well yeah. after that. And, and then there's that goofy um replay pack. What did they mm-hmm. say? They're like, oh here's some highlights and yeah, it's just it, it stills from the entire event and yeah, so we'll we'll obviously yeah. save a lot of the juicy stuff for the end, but I sure. will say you know, I've obviously seen this whole show multiple times. Yeah. You hadn't. But for me, I will say watching it this time, there was definitely a different level of anticipation of getting to put that cigarette out. Because yeah. it's like, it's been such a big thing. Yeah. We know it's coming. Watched that video about a thousand times now. <laughs> it ta- used it in our show about a thousand times. So it's like, you know it's coming, but like we were just talking the whole night about yeah. like, wonder what Gene's doing right now. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. you know, wonder if like, it, like, like, if people knew, like whenever they were interviewing Bobby the Brain Heenan, yeah, you know, at the very beginning, yeah, like, little did he know, yes, that everyone's <laughs> lives was about to change. Yes. Um, and you know, every interview that went back to Gene, it's like he has no idea. And you sent no. that picture out on Twitter last night, I think it was whatever interview he did right before the Rumble, where you posted it in the calm before the storm, yep. Yep, so uh, that's truly what it was. Yes, it certainly was. And, you know, obviously we'll get to the Rumble match. The best Rumble match of all time. No question, in my opinion. Some of the best commentary of all time. Yeah. But the undercard of this show uh, was not the greatest. No, yeah, a bit of a <laughs> lackluster buildup to it, for sure. Yeah. Um, but I think, like, you know, I think it'd be good to kind of contextualize it now and throughout our discussion of it, that this was, you know, like... A kid's thing. Like, I don't think we were the target audience. Yes. Like, like, like us, like, even if you, you took us in our current ages and plopped us back in 1992. Different I, era. Yeah, yeah. I still don't think we would be the target audience. Yeah, well, and I, we talked about it, like, um, when you hear the cheers and just the noise of the crowd, it's mostly, like, women and children. Mm-hmm. And again, just a different era and just visually, aesthetically... Um, and we got it right on the first match, but just throughout the night, just so many bright colors. Yeah. Not only with the wrestlers and their gear, but like you look out in the crowd and just a lot of like bright tone, solid colors from like oh, the yeah. fans. We had Houston Oilers guy. Oh yeah, there it was like the Attitude Era that just painted it black. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. It was, it was that. Um, realize. But it was fun watching this last night, even though there was. One particularly dog shit match, and another that was just too long. But uh, any final thoughts before we kind of start digging in here? Anything you want to get out here? Uh, no, I think we've you know kind of. I guess yeah, you know we'll, we'll kind of go in and contextualize it, sort of talk about like what this product is and who it's for. You know, uh, we'll, and, we'll we'll kind of leave that sort of within the package that is our discussion of Royal Rumble '92. And as I've talked before, yes. both on and off air, like this era, you know, the late '80s, early '90s of WWF is like such classic shit for me to like watch when I'm going to bed. It's yeah. just like mindless, brainless, easy to watch, and like I have so many memories attached to all this shit. Yeah. That it's just, you know, it's a fun, while, while it's not the most quality wrestling, no. it's just fun to watch. Yeah, and, you no, know, it is. Like, uh, you know, and kind of, 
you got to find the right mindset for it. Yes. Like, you have to, you know, like like I've been saying, contextualize it properly. No doubt. You know, and I mean, and this is the stuff before the Rumble. I think the Royal Rumble, in and of itself, oh. is something that lasts the test of time. It's gold, yeah. You know, it is something that, you know, would, I feel like, be well-received by wrestling fans today. Most definitely. Yeah. It's near a five-star match for me. Just everything involved, the commentary, the story, the execution, it's incredible. Uh, but we will get there. So let's kick it off uh, live on, like I said, January 19th, 1992, 30 years and two days ago as we record this on Friday the 21st in the Knickerbocker Arena in Albany, New York. Yes, home of the Siena Saints. I think that they were, that was their home then and a yes. bunch of... Like minor league hockey lacrosse. or some, lacrosse, lacrosse yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I remember when we, you know, I'd seen this as a kid, and when you first watched it, like the Knickerbocker Arena in Albany, it's like, yeah, you'd think it would just be in New York proper yeah. because of the Knicks, but I guess Knickerbocker, you know, applies to the entire state. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> so. What is, what is a Knickerbocker anyway? I, I don't know. Something with pants. Yeah, is it like near knickers? Yeah, I don't know. Who knows? Anywho. So yeah, let's dig in and uh, let's get started. Um, before the first match, though, remember the show kicks off with Vince going, "Welcome to Royal Rumble," and it shows like all the pictures of everyone, of like, all the wrestlers. Yes, yeah. and he every single one of the thirty. I think he runs through, and our favorite, the Repo Man. Yeah, just seeing him in there, he looked like. <laughs> You know, like a bandit from like a Charlie Chaplin, you yep. know, thing. He my good, my good friend who helped me out in L.A. Yes. Just what a guy. Uh, but I just think it's so funny that Vince felt the need to literally yell the name of 30 wrestlers to start the show. Yeah. You know, and, and But it's great. Like, I, it I, works. I, know, I thought that yes. was really cool. It I kinda, works. I kind of honestly wish they would do that because it's like, I don't know. Like, it almost felt like, you know, I've compared a lot of stuff to a fighting game. It, it, it has that sort of yeah. feel to that. Um, but yeah, no, I, I thought it worked too. Yeah, um, it's just a geek. And it has those, you know, very sort of like 90s production colors. Everyone was in like this weird hexagon. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and it had that charm, that sort of quaint charm to it uh, that, that I liked a lot. I agree. Um, and, you know, we have Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby Heenan on commentary about to do some of the best work of their careers, especially Heenan, um, who is nervous from the get-go. You yes. know, we, we were watching with our buddy Will last night, which, again, is a nice kind of control because, like, you know, you are kind of new to wrestling again, uh -huh. but he's someone who doesn't really watch much at all right. and has criticized it in the past. And I'm like, dude, just look at this, like, as comedy at sometimes. Yeah. And I think he was starting to enjoy he, a little bit it of the, it. called like, a, the cartoon era of wrestling. Yes. Yeah. And I think, you know, that kind of goes into, you know, another thing, you know, that, that we established pretty early on. This is a very, we, the term family friendly. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I think, and to go back to tar target audience, kids. Uh -huh. Like, I think a big part of it, you know, was for, you know, children. Then the Attitude Era no brought doubt. that into more of the angsty teenager, yes. you know, thing. But, um, you know, it's an important thing to remember just from the wrestling to the stories to the layout to the, you know, everything. The presentation. Presentation. It's all, all aimed toward... Uh, children and again, um, like I said, this is a product that is played completely straight. Yes, there's no yeah. irony or no. self awareness here. Yep. Um, you know, and, and I said yesterday, this is a product that can't necessarily exist anymore. <laughs> Not yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess after the Attitude Era, you, you can't really go back to it. Like you can go back to sort of the colorful nature of as it. as NXT 2.0 is. But, like, but yeah, you can't but, remove the gravitas of like the stories. Yes. You know, you can't you know go back from Stone Cold. 
like chugging beers and pouring <laughs> like concrete into people's cars and like yeah you, you, you can't go back from that yeah. to this which there was still story which we'll get to some sure. of that but in general yeah it's pretty much like what you see is what you get oh, yeah. surface and, level and your guys are in Halloween costumes yeah. sort of things yeah, yeah you know but it's great yeah. I love it you, you know the circus it's a lot yes. like the circus that was the word I said that specifically during uh, the Beverly Brothers uh, Bushwhackers oh, match yeah. which well, we'll get into well, and like the logo like I miss that like that purple and yellow that royal rumble you know like that's you know all part of it too and i just really like that i know it's i do too and we rolled into royal rumble 93 for a few minutes last night that still had it yeah i think it maintained up until probably like 96 ish 97 when things kind of started to turn but Yeah. yeah love the logo um the graphic of like the cartoon graphic of all the wrestlers was like the thumbnail um yeah very cool so Let's kick it off with the new foundation, which is comprised of Jim the Anvil, Neidhart, and Owen Hart, defeating the Orient Express of Kato and Tanaka with Mr. Fuji, who you called? Odd job. Odd job, which I couldn't agree more. In 17 minutes, 18 seconds. I do want to start by saying, and I didn't mention this last night, Kato, who was the guy in the mask from Orient Express, his real name? Paul Diamond. Paul Diamond. So really. he sure isn't from the Orient at all. No, he's not. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, it was Vince and his sort of classic, you know, I guess still going, his sort of, you know, penchant for embracing racial stereotypes yeah. in his characters. And this was obviously, you know, talk about a product that can't exist anymore. Yeah. Like that and that name. Yeah. You know what? And Tanaka sure played the part. I love, I mentioned to you, you love barefoot wrestlers. Mm-hmm. Just a different look. Uh, but let's start with talking about the new foundation because... Their outfits alone is just kind of a microcosm of everything we just talked about. Yeah, yeah, it it was like wrestling attire, you know, things that are like, you know, not a lot of clothes, you know, like meant to be like comfortable pants to wear in the Big baggy jacket. Yeah, yeah, bright colors, like the racing checkered Checkered flag, yeah. yeah, yeah. Very 90s, I remember you said last night. And again, like just the aesthetic really of the entire show. But this team itself, I mentioned to you last night, uh was very short-lived, and they're obviously trying to build off the success of the Hart Foundation, which was Jim DeAnvil, Neidhart, and Bret Hart, you know, very obviously popular and successful tag team in the late 80s, early 90s, until Bret kind of did his own thing. Um, but, you know, they obviously weren't around too, too long, and Owen ended up going his own way at some point. But just interesting to see them together and, you know, just kind of looking like a bunch of goobers in yeah. those in yeah. that attire. Very goober. Whereas the Hart Foundation, you know, they always wore the matching pink and black, just normal wrestling attire. Yeah. But, again, it was... Uh, very festive yeah. for, 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 for the occasion. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I have a note here that, again, I mentioned it already, but just that he Bobby Heenan is just very nervous. He's yeah. very, very nervous for Ric Flair. A lot of that talk. Uh, again, this match was 17 minutes, 18 seconds, which is way too long for this yeah. time and era, but it wasn't terrible. I know Will, our buddy, was kind of fed up with it after a while, but, you know, Owen Hart specifically, uh, when he was in there, he was certainly working his ass off to kind of make this a pretty competent match. Right, yeah, and I feel like, you know, with the Orient Express, um, you know, they had, like, the, the sumo vibe, like, the like the, like the gimmick, you know, kind of went beyond the characters yep. and their clothes and into the, the, the wrestling style. 
So I think like that just kind of didn't mix. But yeah, you know, Owen Hart definitely uh, he looked great. Stuck out. But remember, one of our favorite parts was when Neidhart was in there kind of early, and t- I think it was Tanaka kept like running up to him and just bouncing off his oh, shoulders, yeah, yeah. like literally like five times. Yep. Was classic. Um, I think it was Gorilla Monsoon mentioned that Tanaka is a master of all the martial arts. All of them. Just classic. Uh, Apparently, there aren't enough martial arts to beat the new art foundation. Yeah, we get classic Gorilla Monsoon even more. Again, like we're 12 minutes in, our buddy Will's already fed up with the match, and Gorilla's like, "What a match this is!" <laughs> Which I got Will cracking up, and I'm like, "See, dude, this is great yeah, stuff." Yeah, just 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 trying <laughs> to sell it, and like, you, it was really hard to put a finger on the momentum of it. Like, you knew when it was going to end, when it ended. Yeah, like in like right before, but other than that, it was just sort of like yeah. There were some again. I'd say the second half of the match was a lot better. Like remember, Mister Fuji Odd Job ended up hitting Owen Hart with the cane. Yeah, I remember yeah. you called out the camera angle, yeah, like because yeah. it was so close. It's like there's no hiding this. Yeah, here. yeah, yeah. It was a pretty weak, you know. Tag. But then that did kind of lead to some good like old school heel tag team shit where the Orient Express was. Cutting off the ring in half and getting quick tags and double teaming. Remember the ref was kind of a big factor, like yeah. really physically trying to hold back Neidhart at point, like yeah. multiple times, which allowed them to get their double teams in. Um, he ended up getting the hot tag at one point, in, in which point, yeah, in which. <laughs> at which point. Um, one of the announcers referred to him as a bull in a china closet. Oh, bull, yeah. <laughs> as Dust he, off the old cliches. Yeah, as he'd already been knocking motherfuckers down. Yeah. And I have a note here that just says this match is way too long. Is it typically bull in a china shop? I think it is. Yeah, in a closet. Well, that could have been it, or okay. I just wrote it down I, wrong. No, I but I think it was closet. I remember hearing that. I was like, is that the saying? And then I just you know didn't you know pay it any more attention. But, you know, You're I, absolutely I, I right. I guess the closet could be in the shop, but whatever. And, I mean, a closet's smaller, so I would... I guess Bull in a China closet is even more crazy and intense yeah. because yeah. it's smaller space. Yeah, so. China, I guess China's valuable, so valuable that you would dedicate it in Yeah, so I'll, ta- I'll take it. Sure. Um, but, yeah, and then the match ended with the rocket launcher, which Owen Hart was on the top, and Neidhart kind of picked him up and propelled him and got the one, two, three. Again, you know, not a bad match. Too long, but... A fun little opener. Yeah. And then uh, we go backstage, and you're already getting excited, thinking it's going to be Mean Gene, but not yet. No. Nope. It's his lordship, Alfred Hayes, uh, recapping from two days prior, I believe, Bret Hart dropping the Intercontinental title to the Mountie at a house show in Springfield, Massachusetts, due to a 104-degree fever. Um, I can't remember exactly at the time like why they felt the need to do this switch and then switch the title again two days later, and then Bret Hart ends up winning it two months later at WrestleMania. Yeah. I, I, there's some story behind it. But anyway, just a funny little recap with uh, Alfred Hayes, because like, you know, we called it a house show. It's like it looked like it was in a high school gym. Oh, yeah. No, Dark were... footage, you know, because it wasn't televised. Well, yeah, well, and so. there were like normal lockers like you'd put your books in in high school. You know, and then, like, there was just, like, painted concrete on the back. Oh, well, that's the locker room at Royal. I'm talking about the footage from the house show oh, Ma- when the Mountie yeah, beat yeah, Bret Hart. Yeah, yeah, but we'll yeah, get oh, to yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get to that with yeah, Sean oh, Moody oh, here oh, coming yeah, up. To- totally, but just yeah. the footage from that Springfield Mass house show, like, I called it, and Will didn't know what a house show was. Like, yeah, it looks like it's in someone's house. It's yeah. so small. Oh, yeah, it totally was. Uh, but that was just a show... 
why they are having the Mountie against uh, Roddy Piper here. And um, so we have our WWF Intercontinental Championship match in which Rowdy Roddy Piper defeats the Mountie with Jimmy Hart in 5 minutes, 22 seconds. Quick, smooth, easy. You know, after that first match, we needed, like, a quicker match for sure. Oh, for sure, yeah. Um, gets the job done. I mean, really, there's not a ton to say here. Um, oh, well, let's, you know what, let's back up for a yeah. second, talk about the interviews. Oh, yeah. And let's, because that's when you first got to see the Mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart. Yeah, yeah. Which you maybe had seen on a show previously before, but, like, he had his bright colored jacket. Yeah, with the graffiti on yelling it. And yelling like he's on cocaine. Come on, baby! You know, he's just a maniac. The Mountie says, the Mountie always gets his man. And Jimmy Hart was popping off laughing. So they were with Sean Mooney. And now talk about kind of the locker room. So this was literally the locker room at the Knickerbocker Arena. But just the backdrop for these interviews, you kind of started talking about it earlier. Yeah, it just was painted concrete. I think it had sort of that 90s kind of, I have a hard time describing it. You'll have to look it up. Yeah. But uh, that and the, you know, high school lockers. Like a cheap gym locker room. Yeah. And so, like, I'm sure there were tons of other places to shoot it. Because, like, lots of times, WWE, like, they'll shoot it in the bowels or, or the corridors of the scene where it's just concrete yeah you know where it definitely looks like you know it's it's backstage like blood. a john moxley type yeah, yeah. setup yeah but i mean like it, it, i thought it was really funny that they shot it there because there had to have been many other places that they could shoot stuff like that yeah in the back but uh and, and they kept going back there you know it was sort of the, sort yeah of the template because i think you know they they did the um the mounty they did a roddy piper promo back yep. in there yep. yeah I guess in a different spot that looked just like it. Yeah, <laughs> so. well, and then there was the set with the Royal Rumble logo with Gene where yeah. he put that cigarette out happens later. But, yeah, there was a Roddy promo as well where he, like, couldn't breathe. He was like, <gasps> it was really funny. But, anyway, so I have my first note here. It's not paying attention, and Roddy full sprint takes out Mounty on the outside. Much more urgency in this match, as we kind of talked about, like, immediately like it was fast they're only going five minutes so you know they kind of had to pick up the pace um there was a nice bulldog by piper not a move you see a ton anymore but one that used to be done a lot where he got a lot of air on it and yeah he ends up slapping on the sleeper hold while standing up and then mounty kind of goes down and they do the arm drop three times and that's it and we've got a new intercontinental champ yeah pretty pretty um much tighter match. Yeah. A little bit more athletic. I guess, you know, there, there was storyline with it, and just being a singles match made it like that. Um, I noticed there was that one bit where um, Roddy Piper kept kept going off the ropes, and then the Mountie would, like, jump over him. Mm-hmm. And, like, the Mountie could barely clear him. Yeah. Like, barely. And it was like, how many times did they practice that? Yeah. And, like, he just knocked the Mountie over. There was just a collision of, like, groin to, to head, mm. you know? No one wants that. Yeah, but, um, but yeah, you know, I... Roddy Piper definitely, you know, I was excited to kind of see, you know, obviously a pretty classic wrestler, and I thought he, he, uh, you know, lived up to it. Yeah, and he has a chance to make history later on to become the first person ever to win the Intercontinental and the World Championship in the same night. Obviously doesn't happen. Uh, But no, nice moment for Piper here um, in his career. I think it was the only singles title he ever won in WWF. Like I said, he... Drops it back to Bret Hart a couple months later at WrestleMania 8 in a great match. But, uh, yeah. So, then we have his lordship, Alfred Hayes, again backstage with a Coliseum home video exclusive with Hulk Hogan. Uh, 
who cuts just kind of a classic cookie cutter Royal Rumble promo about yeah. the other guys. Anything to note here? I mean, it was just pretty yeah. pretty standard Hulkster stuff. It was. He wasn't screaming and yeah, uh, no, he was know, a little like more the, tame. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So like, at least that was different. It, it wasn't quite the. Well, let me tell you something, Mean Gene. Yeah, yeah. Because so, Gene has enough to worry about. Oh yeah, Gene. Yeah. Oh, for sure. <laughs> little does he well, know. Well, and they have like a pretty special relationship too. Oh yeah, you know, for sure. Like, like they were Gene. boys, absolutely. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, well, let's uh, let's get into this classic here. The next match in which the Beverly Brothers, which I didn't even tell you this, their names are Blake and Bo. Blake and Bo. How really? about that? How about it? The Beverly Brothers, with the genius, defeat the Bushwhackers, Butch and Luke, with Jameson in 14 minutes, 56 seconds. By God, it felt a lot longer than that. Um... But yeah, this is kind of, well. Let's talk Jameson first because yeah, yeah. we had the backstage promo with Gene and the Bushwhackers and Jameson. And well, why don't you just kind of tell us your observations of Jameson? Yeah, I mean, like they definitely like so. Like I guess the Bushwhackers because we have to draw the contrast here because like they're sort of an odd couple. Yeah, yeah, they're not supposed to be mixed mixed together. And I'm sure like I don't know what the thought process was, but it, but it ultimately wound up being a winning one. I assume <laughs> this is like an accidental like you know. <laughs> Like creation. Of yeah, like I don't know team. how they got put together oh, with yeah, this but, guy, but but it wound up being like a fun combination. Yeah, something really potent, and uh, you know, like the Bushwhackers, they have like the redneck kind of vibe, you know, the the backwoods, but also they kind of reminded me of like people from the Flintstones, <laughs> you know, like very caveman. They're from thing. New Zealand, I think oh, I mentioned they? last okay. night. Yeah, they okay. do their their fun walk, but Jameson, you kind of co- compared him to like a Revenge of the Nerds. Oh yeah, very Revenge of the Nerds. You know, he had his like tape glasses and was just kind of very awkward chewing on his tie, yeah. had a sock hanging out, like definitely just, yeah. you know, I, I used a lot of terms like layman versus academia because they had, um, the Beverly Brothers had, what's his name? The, um, the genius. The genius. Yep. The genius. Um, Lanny, Leaping Lanny Poffo, Macho Man's brother. Yeah, and so uh, they had him. But then, you know, it um, took me back to the Caddyshack tagline, the slobs versus the snobs. Yeah, that's pretty good, yeah. That's a lot more accurate. For sure. And, I mean, we'll get, we're going to get a bigger slob a little bit later yeah. on to talk about. Um, sure. But, no, that's a good way to put it. And, yeah, fi- if we thought the first match was too long, 15 minutes was way but, too but, long. But this for one this. was far more entertaining because the Bushwhackers, you know, they came out, yeah. did the little dance, they got the pop from the crowd, and the crowd was much more engaged, and that made it like markedly better than yeah. the first one. The first one was just very throwaway. I will say, though, um, yeah, from a wrestling standpoint, the first one was better. Entertainment standpoint, this was, I think they still could have cut off five minutes because, sure. like, when they're in the middle of the match, and the Bushwhackers are terrible wrestlers. Well, they're they, fun yeah. and they're entertaining, but like they're not good wrestlers. Oh, yeah, and they gave so much time to like Jameson versus the Genie. Yeah, there was a yeah. lot of that Which interaction outside, yeah, yeah. Um, and you know got its payoff at the end. Let's see, I've got a few notes. Oh well, let's mention also because uh, you've never seen the Bushwhackers just licking children. Oh yeah, constantly. Which like even pre-COVID, <laughs> like where, whenever people saliva is like some sort of a you know deadly agent it's like man like you know like you can like 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 if you did that now like my god the lawsuits the lawsuits and and everything and, and like in 1992 these kids were wanting it yeah yeah that for for a product that's like aimed toward kids where that's their target audience like for them to like have that you know like seems pretty like effective and successful Get licked like, in the like, face like you know as, as much as we're, we you know kind of you know, criticize this opening segment. 
Like, I think kids got what they fucking wanted yeah. out of it. You know, for sure. A lot of and licking. They wanted to get licked in the face. And then the bushwhackers in the, in the midst of the match were biting someone's ass. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. Just running around. I have Genius approaches Jameson, and Jameson throws what I think was bread. Yeah. Like, he was just eating a piece of bread yeah, yeah. or something. I think he had it in his pocket or something. <laughs> yeah. And the Bushwhacker did their gimmick where they were both, at one point, like, on their hands and knees, and both Beverly Brothers, like, fell over top of them. But, again, this is when I mentioned, like, this feels like the circus. Yeah. And the crowd, you know, again, it was getting pretty big pops. Um, yeah, I had playing pranks. There was an eye poke. Um, we met. We see about ten minutes into the match that Jameson's shoe is taped as yeah. well. I have this match is also too long. Just, Gen- just full of detail. Yeah. Full of idiosyncratic <laughs> yeah. detail that, that gave it a lot of personality. The genius was, yeah. slapped Jameson at one point. Then we get the battering ram by the Bushwhackers. And then I have here, I didn't even see how it ended, but the Beverly Brothers won. Yes. And the Bushwhackers get the last laugh because they end up hitting both Beverly Brothers with their battering rams. And I know you walked out of the room for the post-match stuff. But they pull the or they pull the genius in the ring, and they're about to beat him up. But they're like, "All right, Jameson needs to get his revenge," yeah. and he's like so confused and doesn't know what to do. And he's like winding up, like oh, he's yeah. gonna hit him, and it's like taking way too long. And then he just kicks him in the shin, <laughs> which is pretty funny. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of that, and they all celebrate. So they lose the match, but you know they were the ultimate winners. Yeah, I yeah, think. They won but yeah. Today. Horrible, horrible wrestling match, but it's fun. Yeah. Again, just a, a microcosm of kind of everything we talked about yeah, yeah, in the yeah, open. Yeah, pretty much nailed what it was going for, an extreme version of it. Yes. You know? Yeah. And then prior to our next match, we had a promo, I believe it was Mean Gene, with the tag team champions, the Legion of Doom, who... Have you seen them before? I mean, I know I don't no, think we'd ever I, I, watched I, I, them together. I, I've seen neither of these teams, neither the Legion But you Doom. got to see the classic... Tell him, Hawk! Well! Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, um, it kind of sounds like Lynch there. Well? Well, yeah, kind of. Uh, and then they're, what a rush! But, uh, they were wearing those, like, football pads. So that's been their, that was their trademark yeah. forever, yeah. That's where that all came from, those mm-hmm. pads with the spikes. So, uh, so we have our World Tag Team Championship match in which the Natural Disasters of Earthquake and Typhoon, again with your boy Jimmy Hart, defeat the Legion of Doom by countout in 9 minutes 24 seconds, so the title does not change hands. Um, I think this is maybe when I started heating up food, and I don't really have any notes on this, and there's really not a no, ton to no, say. No, me neither. I, I have Just like, a bunch of big, I mean, obviously Earthquake and Typhoon are about 500 pounds a pop. Yeah, they just, you know, they're wearing those big unitards with like, you know, like the big, like belt, you know, like a pretty classic... You know, big guy. Yeah. Like, um, what's his name? Bronson Reed mm-hmm. was a big wearer of that type of uh, ring attire. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, not much to write home here. I know the natural disasters do end up winning the tag titles at some point. Um, I think what is to write home a little bit more, is, and again, it's a count out. I don't even remember how it happened, but then they were upset that they didn't win the titles. And that's when we had <laughs> Earthquake just really looking like a slob. Oh, yeah. Just, you know, very like. Just spit spit in yeah. Like those guys are just. I remember Will was just repulsed. I wonder. Do you think Bear Country and AEW was like influenced by them? 
I bet they were. Yeah, I, I bet that was like the model that they were like, hey, we can be successful. Remember, you know, natural disaster. Well, and I told uh, you you were unaware that Typhoon was the Shockmaster. Yeah, oh, Like yeah. three years later, whatever, in WCW. So we'd obviously, I'd showed you that one, which is a classic. Yeah. You're about to be shocked. <laughs> and then Ric Flair. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> But yeah, they were just screaming and going nuts after the match yeah. and spits flying everywhere. And just so many close-ups on Earthquake's face, yeah. too. Like, he's bald, he's got this gross beard, he's yeah. 500 pounds. Yeah. But, you know, it was a, all about it. a good gimmick uh, at the time in wrestling. I mean, it worked. Yeah, so. I mean, these guys were at the top of the ladder for, like, tag teams, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. So, like, this was, this was it, this was the thing. Absolutely. So, we're about to go into the Royal Rumble match, but there's a bunch of... A series of different interviews and promos that kind of lead into it, and you got to think at this point, what do you think's going through Gene's head? I don't know. Like, I think he, you know, I wonder if he sort of just, you know, smelled smoke or something like that. Because this is back in '92, where there's probably smoking section in the arena, probably. So I wonder if he walked by it and he was just, just had the biggest distaste for it. <laughs> like he's know? already just primed yeah, to yeah, tell just, someone to, to put walk, it out. Yeah, just walked by it and just you know, like had to walk by it for some reason. Probably walked by it earlier, didn't want to walk by it, and then someone came on like the radio and was like, "Hey, Gene, we need you over in like Wing Two A," <laughs> you know? And he's like, "Oh, that's by the smoking area," yeah. you know? You got to think. Yeah. Do you think Gene fired down? some cigs back in the day um, I mean, he seems like a cigar guy yeah but like I bet he fired him let, you know I bet he maybe qu- has quit by this point yeah because I feel like you know once you you know smoke I feel like there's always kind of like that like and if you're an interviewer yeah, yeah. like you don't want your voice to get all fucked yeah, up yeah. too and if you're firing down so many cigs well, well, that th- could happen well then we thought about whoever it was who lit up the cigarette probably at, at this point was like man I really need to go smoke yeah. well I don't know the, you know Roy Rama's about to be in you know let's just wait until uh, the end you know, yeah. you'll be able to fire up a cigarette once oh, it's over. Oh, and we had, we also, because it was this promo, it was Sean Mooney yeah, interviewing yeah. the natural disasters, and again, all the yelling, and the, you could tell he's stressed. Yeah. Sean Mooney is stressed after this, so that kind of led us to the hypothesis of, yeah. is it Mooney? Is it Mooney? Because, yeah, you could him? see he, he sure needed a cigarette after yeah. this interview, so... Yeah, we'll get a little more into yeah. everything around this soon, but I just wanted to get Mean Gene's temperature because he's interview he interviews Piper here actually. Yeah. Um, you know, mentioning what I said earlier about him having the chance to win both titles. Then we get Shawn Michaels with Shawn Mooney. Uh, they show the whole the breakup between he and Marty Jannetty, the Rockers, then the Barbershop Classic. Then we had another Coliseum home video exclusive with Lord Alfred Hayes and Ric Flair. This is where Flair says that he's number three in the match. Yeah, which was pretty good, like, seeding of that. Because I don't think we watched that before. No. But but what it is... Helps prime you for what happens. Yes, but that was not known at the time. So, so like, Heenan, who has the reaction when he comes out at three, doesn't know that yet. Wow. Obviously. So, like, yeah. So, that's just, like, a... Something I think they put in the post-production right. of this. Uh, so, yeah, you know it then. And then there is... Then there's just a series of rapid-fire promos. We've got Macho Man, Sid Justice, our boy the Repo Man, who says, <laughs> What's mine is mine, and what's yours is mine, too! <laughs> remember when I called him Ryback? <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I was like, I remember in L.A. when you uh, talked to Ryback. <laughs> 
I was getting my Greg Goldman associates. Yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. Up. Repo <laughs> man, good friend of ours, absolutely. It's like Ryback is like what, like ten years, like years. That was like 2012. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. Um, <laughs> so 20 years later. Um, but Br- British Bulldog, Jake the Snake Roberts. Which more to come on that? Yeah. <laughs> then Ric Flair and Mr. Perfect are together, yeah. and again, like I think they're in the same spot where it happens. So yeah. you're like, yeah, here it is. There it is, yeah. Um, and then the Undertaker, Paul, with Paul Bear and Hulk Hogan. Um, yeah. So uh, I guess uh, do we want to get into it? Let's rumble the thirty-man Royal Rumble match. We have the Fink, Howard Finkel, going over the rules. They bring out WWF President Jack Tunney. Yeah, yeah, just the, you know, just the guy. Yeah, know, the, the the award, the trophy. Yeah, know. the the yeah. on screen Vince character before Vince played himself, really, right. but was just the most non confrontational. How, how long did he stay with? Like, did, like did, eventually Vince just be like, I'll do it myself. You know? Yeah, I mean, Vince. So Tunney, Tunney was probably around from like late eighties to early to mid 90s and then Gorilla Monsoon became the president oh, in really? character right. and I know he he did work back like was pretty high up in yeah. the company beyond just being an announcer but he became like the on-screen president for like 94 95 96 I'd say because yeah. remember all this time Vince is an announcer right you know he's not doing this show but he's still in an, and he's like the lead announcer from like 93 94 up until the Montreal Screwjob, pretty yeah. much. So, like, he started becoming that character of Vince, like, slowly. Like, mm-hmm. Bret Hart really kind of started bringing it out of him prior to the Screwjob. The Screwjob happened, and I think... Was he on commentary during the Screwjob? Ah, oh, shit, was he? I think he was, and he got up and called for the... He may not have been. He may have just been down there. You know, it's been a while since I've well, seen that. we watch it, you know, we'll... Uh... yeah. Um, I, you know what? I don't think he was. Support for Brain Buster Boys is brought to you by Manscaping, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming champions of the world. Woo. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Join over 4 million men worldwide. How could 4 million men be wrong? Yeah. Um, who trust Manscaped with this, with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code BBB. That's code BBB at manscaped.com. Well, why don't you tell uh, our listeners and friends about some other products? Because uh, we've really hit on uh, a you know, big handful of them. So uh, what else you got? Um, we have the deodorant zero residue for Manscaped. Mm. This is one of their newer products. It's some pretty ex- exciting stuff. It comes in sort of the cylinder shape. Roll it up. It's got that really kind of nice sort of classic manscape smell that you um, get from like the um, the crop preserver. Um, good stuff. You know, sticks around all day. You know, you don't really feel the smell wearing away uh, like you uh, would with cheaper deodorants. You know, hmm. this um, is a good product. This is a newer thing. Um, I do believe they have it in spray form as well. If you're into that, nice. um, I'm more of a deodorant stick kind of guy. I always have been. So uh, this is the route I went, and this is the route you should go if you're interested in deodorant. Uh, Manscaped.com, code BBB for 20% off and free shipping of this bad little boy. There Um, you go. Speaking of misbehaving little boys. um, Oh. Actually not misbehaving. This thing's actually been well-behaved since I (laughs) got it in the mail. Um, But um, for those of you who uh, can't really grow a beard like me, 
Um, and you're somebody who's always used, you know, straight razors your whole life, whether they be just the disposable blue ones, which for me up until now, that's been me just using those cheap disposable razors, you know, cause mm. I shave what one or two times a week, you know, and pretty much look clean shaven outside of my, my mustache here. Um, so, uh, I um, have had the pleasure trying Manscapes the Plow 2.0. Wow. Um, this is their face safety razor, single blade, double edged. Um, it comes with the razor that looks, you know, it kind of has sort of a very like old school classic vibe. You know, it's metal, it's pretty heavy. So it's not. Yeah, it looks nice. Yeah, it's not something that you could like easily lose, like a, like a cheap, rinky dink plastic razor. Um, but it also comes with three blades in cute little envelopes like this no joke well they can't and, see it <laughs> well, they're, they're very cute envelopes trust they me. are i'm a good judge of character when it comes to envelopes <laughs> um pretty easy you just kind of unscrew it put the razor in screw it back and then you have a double double bladed kind of shape for it so for guys well, like you me, go. who you know just don't really have a lot of facial hair and you know, like the lawnmower 4.0 was great for down there, but up here, you know, something a little bit more um, low key, you know, is, is good for me. Yeah. And then aside from that, I know my dad ordered some lip balm from Manscaped. And then there's also, you know, your normal products like body wash. There's two in one shampoo and conditioner. There is a groin wash. There is a groin shaving gel. There's a foot deodorant. So all kinds of things offered by the wonderful folks at Manscaped, even though we've just kind of been hitting on a few of them thus far. wanted to take the time to talk about more of their wonderful products. Manscaped.com, promo code BBB for free shipping and 20% off all products. And, and you know uh, who will thank you? Your balls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, if they had a face and mouth, they would they would probably say it. But now you just kind of... All right. Rumble time in which Nature Boy Ric Flair defeats... I'm not going to rate all the names. I feel like I've done that before. 29 other superstars in 62 minutes and 2 seconds to win the Royal Rumble and become the WWF World Champion. World champion. I can't talk. You know, he became world. He became world. <laughs> <laughs> what do, you, do we want to talk about the whole rumble first and then get to it? Because I feel like, like yeah, I said yeah, at the yeah. beginning, like the anticipation had never been more right. real to me. Oh, yeah, Even yeah, though yeah. I've seen this match and that promo probably ten times. Sure. It's been a lot. I watch it a, probably at least once a year. Um, so we start with the British Bulldog and Ted DiBiase. Um, I believe Bulldog chucked him out pretty quick, which this was after, I believe the year prior, it might have been 1990, DiBiase was in there like 40-something minutes, like was known for it. And then as the audience, or we already know, but Bobby Heenan doesn't know, number three is Ric Flair, and Heenan starts losing it, yelling, damn it! And he's like, I can't be objective for this! And like, you know, as we talked, like it kind of sets the stage for this whole match in the the gold on commentary of just Heenan absolutely losing his mind yeah. throughout the entirety, freaking out anytime Flair like comes even close to getting eliminated, which is a lot. Yes. You know, he's dangling over the ropes so many times. And then Gorilla Monsoon, God love him, so many times, he's like, Brain, how many times do I have to tell you? Nobody who has ever drawn numbers one through five has been there in the end. Yeah. Which is classic. Rin, 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 rin. 
Ric Flair went to smash all kinds of records. In yes, it. yes. Is that are still unbroken today? I believe the in terms of length in the match, it's probably been broken at some point, but I think it held for a while. Like someone's definitely broken it. I don't remember, yeah. but he definitely set the record for longest time in. It was like just under an hour. Um, but yeah, anywho, I'd have to do a little more research on that. Um, but yeah, just great stuff. We get, you know, flare in early and it becomes the story. Um, um, you know, what was interesting for me this time was because last time it was, you know, you pointed out like, this is the story with flair. I kind of knew what was going to happen. So I didn't feel like I needed to pay attention to him as much. I didn't need to pay attention to the moments where he was dangling over the ropes and it was all, he was almost out like, like the, the five or six times yep. they did that. Um, you know, I got to watch everybody else. Um, and, yeah. and, and, you know, that was interesting to me. I don't know. I kind of enjoyed just kind of the colorfulness, you know, just seeing all these other people, you know, paying attention to them. Yeah, because, again, it's just great shit through and through. Like, yes, obviously Flair and Heenan are the catalysts for everything. But, yeah, there's just a lot of fun stuff yeah. that goes on. And, I mean, I'm just going to get it out there. Him drawing number three, this is not fair to Flair. No, it's not <laughs> it's, again, Flair. Heenan says about a million times, mm-hmm. cursing, going nuts. Um, number four is Jerry Sags of the Nasty Boys. Number five is Haku, mm-hmm. which Haku, who I mentioned, he was part of the Heenan family. Yeah, yeah. And he comes in and starts helping Ric Flair, and then he turns against him, and Bobby's like, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> just so funny. Um, number six is Shawn Michaels. I've just got this up here, so yeah, may yeah. as well just fire him yeah, out. Yeah. Uh, number seven is Tito Santana, which we get our uh, kind of racism here yeah, with... Yeah. Uh, the Heenan calling him the flying jalapeno, jalapeno and talks yeah. about something making guacamole. Or yeah, it's yeah. Tito Santana as El Matador. Oh, okay, was his gotcha, character gotcha. at the time, but he was in yeah making guacamole. Yeah. And I told you like it was always a classic. Um, Jesse the Body Ventura. He would only call Tito Santana Chico. Really? And refer to him chelling, chelling, selling chimichangas. Down. Like again, Jeez. just blatant. Wow. But again, it's a sign of the times. Oh, yeah. But yeah, it's I mean, like just... All, all they know about Hispanic and Latino culture is just food. Yeah. Like, like literally all food references. Like, geez. It's insane. Yeah. Um, I know I have written down here... So I'm actually using my notes from the last time we reviewed the show. Yeah, we, like, know, I don't... We, no, we dug in and found like notes from... Yeah, I literally have ago. my notes from a year ago. My handwritten notes, which is tight. I didn't cover everything, but I've got a recap up here too. Yeah. Uh, British Bulldog got a few early eliminations. Uh, number eight is the Barbarian, um, and number nine is the Texas Tornado, which he he did the p- tornado punch on Ric Flair, and yes. we get our first of many Flair flops in the Rumble, where he kind of does the walk for a few yeah. steps and fucking face plants. And then at number 10, the Repo Man. Who had a great show. Yeah, absolutely. Like, he gets two eliminations. He walks all, like, hunched over. Yeah, hunched over, walk, you know, took him a minute to get in the ring. He's hiding behind the ref at one point. It's interesting they called him the Repo Man, because a Repo Man is, like, that's, like, a legal thing to do, right? Yeah. Like, like, like the bank sent someone to, like, repossess Correct. something. You look like a robber. A bandit. Yeah, yeah I know. Like, like an Old West kind of bandit. Yep. You know, like, like. 
Monopoly. It is like a normal. Yeah, like, yeah. I think a Happy Gilmore. You yeah. know, the guy in the suit is like, we have to repossess your grandmother's house, yeah, yeah, yeah. but not a bandit with a Zorro mask yeah, yeah, on, sneaking around like he's trying to steal something. Yeah, yeah that's. Yeah. I know that's kind of like what the gimmick became is that he is like a robber and a thief. thief. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I guess that it wasn't a true repo. He would repo by stealing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but he yeah. ends up. Well, so let's. He takes out numbers eleven Ooh. and twelve. Yep. He takes out numbers 11 and 12, which is Greg the Hammer Valentine and Nikolai Volkov. And I didn't point this out last night, but I want to mention that the commentators mentioned Greg the Hammer Valentine. He was also in either 91 or 92 for like 47 minutes. And me and my brother always loved this line growing up. Um, Gorilla Monsoon's like, yeah, it takes him that long just to get warmed up. <laughs> um, and he got, so he got chucked out pretty quick. By, so Repo Man takes out the hammer and Volkov. It's like he's like a glorified jobber, and yeah, he gets yeah, yeah. two eliminations. Yeah. Like what a what a yeah, fucking yeah, what, what a big rumble for him. Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. And then at thirteen is your boy, your favorite from Survivor Series '98, the Big Boss. The man. Big Boss Man comes out in like sort of his like street cop attire, yep. like his like I'm manning a crosswalk. You know, I'm, you know, yep. hey, hey kids, you know, you, you can cross now. The corrections officer from Cobb County, yeah. Georgia. Yeah, no, and like you know, definitely like in the attitude era, he uh, adopted the more as they called SWAT team January six attire. But like, yeah, this was kind of a little bit more, uh, you know, kind of like a little bit more of like an innocent looking cop thing. Yeah, yeah, like how like a cop would be in a cartoon. Exactly. Yeah, you know, like your like standard cop badge. outfit. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Instead of like the outfit you would wear when you would like kick down somebody's door. Yeah, he's got the nightstick always. Yeah, which like you know, it's kind of funny to think like you know, you went from like Officer Barbarady. Um, and like, who's the cop in The Simpsons? Like, like you know, man, it's yeah. been a long time like those since two, I've watched those two the kind Simpsons. of cops to like you know, Chief Wiggum to you know SWAT. Yeah, you know, yeah, which like, he was yeah, yeah. in the corporation and everything. Yeah, uh, Repo Man is unfortunately eliminated pretty quickly by Boss Man, but again for time in the ring, what an impact! Like, yeah. I'm just being serious too. Like, he was very entertaining. Yeah. He gets two eliminations. Yeah. Just what a, what a performance. Well, and you notice, like, in Royal Rumbles, lots of times, like, whenever characters don't have, or wrestlers don't have a lot to do, they kind of recede into the corners a yes. little bit. And they kind of get in these, like, they kind of, like, push and shove. Not Repo Man. Yeah, not Re- Repo Man was bouncing around the ring, getting people out. You know. Sneaking around. Yeah, because, yeah, you know, they'll put people in those corners to be like, okay, they're not a threat right now to be tossed out. Yep. You know, so you can forget about him for a little bit. Yep. And the Repo Man was allowed to be front and center for a little bit. Love so, it. You know, yeah. What a guy. Then Flair eliminates British Bulldog and Texas Tornado pretty quickly, which, nice run for Bulldog at number one. Got some eliminations. And then it's Flair versus Boss Man. I have a line here that Heenan says, I need oxygen. <laughs> and uh, then we have the absolutely horrible elimination of the Boss Man, yeah. where he just... Jumps over the rope, kind of gets stuck on it, yeah. and then just flops himself Falls out. Over, yeah. Awful. Yeah. Uh, so Flair is alone in the ring, and Heenan starts cheering, thinking he won. Yeah. Obviously, he knows that he didn't. Um, and then out at number 15, which I said, is it Macho Man? I knew it was someone that was a factor. Has to be in a similar in yeah. a situation like this. And it's Roddy Piper. Yep. And Heenan again, this isn't fair to Flair! Um, and then some nice stuff between those two. Get an eye poke from Roddy. The airplane spin. The crowd's going nuts. He puts him in the sleeper. Mm-hmm. Um, and eventually, number 16, Jake the Snake Roberts comes in. 
We'll hold off on our tangent until the Macho Man comes in, but we're going to go deep on a tangent for a little bit. Um, (laughs) Jake hits the short arm clothesline on Flair. We get another. This is definitely not fair to Flair. Uh, Flair puts the figure four on Jake, and then we get... Oh! Hacksaw Jim Duggan at number 17. Yeah. <laughs> Toting his 2 by 4 yeah. But yeah, I watched this show at a friend's several years ago, and his dad was watching it with us, and he was just geeking out seeing Hacksaw Jim Duggan come down, toting the 2 by 4 going, oh! <laughs> There's something I'll never forget. Yeah. And um, the 2 by 4 was gone before it entered the ring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just discarded. And then in, uh, actually a nice note, Hacksaw Jim Duggan was the winner of the inaugural Royal was Rumble he? in 1988. Yeah, mm. about that. It was only 20 men then. Really? Um, but yeah, and then number 18 is the tax man, Erwin R. Scheister, IRS, who is the father of Bray Wyatt. Yeah. Probably told you last year at this time. Um, and then we get another flare flop. <laughs> we got Superfly Jimmy Snuka coming in at 19, just absolutely shredded. Yeah. Um, I fi- he's kind of on the tail end of his career here. Uh, the Undertaker in at number 20 with Paul Bear. Um, he's eliminated very quickly by Jimmy, or I'm sorry, The Undertaker very quickly eliminates Jimmy Superfly Snuka. Um, Undertaker is choking Flair, Heenan's freaking out, and then at number 21, huge pop for Macho Man Randy Savage, who fucking beelines to the ring solely to, to go after Jake the Snake Roberts because they'd had a feud that had been simmering. And before we get there, I just want to mention that he goes for him. Jake leaves the ring. Macho Man jumps over the ropes and out. So yeah, yeah, eliminating himself so, yeah, technically. Yeah, but, obviously that wasn't the plan. Yeah, because yeah. then Undertaker tries dragging him in like multiple times, yeah, yeah. and then he breaks away again and beats up uh, Jake again. And I think even like the commentary is like, is he out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because then I mentioned to you, I'm like, yeah, there's no because he ends up at in the final four. Uh-huh. So obviously that wasn't supposed to happen, but. Let's take a little tangent here because I mentioned to you that, yeah, Jake the Snake and Macho Man had had a big rivalry. At one point, Jake Snake bit Macho Man's arm. It was a whole big thing. Kids crying, freaking out. And I'm like, yeah, I think it happened at this show called This Tuesday in Texas. Yeah, and then like... Which you just fucking lost it. And I knew you would just love that show name. Oh, it was like not like a immediate gut busting yeah. but it was like a chuckle that just persisted that like, I feel like still hasn't gone away no, for you no. when I texted you today you were, gave me a big fat well, lol well, well we even had what, what, what you know like just minutes ago what appeared to be you know a pretty you know a good tweet where whenever I put um, the logo of it which is just a star and then just some normal Sarah Texas Tuesday and then Texas and script yeah just so funny um, but yeah just like and also, like, knowing that, like, WWE tried to make that a pay-per-view, that that was the On best a title they had. They yeah. were like, yeah, like, you know, alliteration's what we got. Your inaugural Tuesday pay-per-view. It, Let's call it This Tuesday that, in Texas. That, that was so poorly bought and viewed <laughs> that they didn't attempt another pay-per-view until 2004. Yep. Taboo Tuesday, Taboo Tuesday, which eventually became Cyber Sunday, yes. which 2006 Cyber Sunday was in Cincinnati, Ohio. Yeah. So Cincinnati is part of the This Tuesday in Texas lineage, although I do want to say that the snake bite actually happened eight days prior yeah. to This Tuesday was in that Texas. On Raw? Or no? 
it was probably just raw. some like rand. Yeah, they didn't have Raw then, so it was just they'd have shows called like Superstars yeah. and Primetime Wrestling and all these. Were they weekly? <sighs> Sometimes I honestly don't even know like the, the history of all of it, but yeah, some of them were. But anyway, so the snake bite happened eight days prior. The match between the two happened at this Tuesday in yes. Texas. But I can't—I mean, the whole set, the whole from here on out in the Rumble, like we just kept talking about this Tuesday in Texas yeah, and laughing that, about that, that, it. That 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 bug bit us. Looking up the card, and I were like, maybe we should just review because I've never seen the show. Yeah, yeah, and now and now we're gonna have to now. Um, we pretty much yeah. ourselves to do it, which we totally should. Like, there's not many, if any, like pay-per-views because there there was only four a year so back then. I would then. imagine like Macho Man has to come out with his arm bandage yeah. for the snake, which like I guess I can't imagine them doing that anymore because like I'm sure like I, like it probably wouldn't even be Pete. It would probably be a legitimate group that would be like, yeah, animal, like you can't like piss a snake off enough to bite somebody. Yeah, but I mean, you know, like. That was a pretty big snake. It was like a probably a ball python or something yeah, it's like big, that. Yeah, big, devenomized. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, yeah. like I told you, but like still, those, those it's a real snake. Went bite. into his bicep. Yeah, and like that's you know, pretty. And I mean, one would imagine they had to have an animal handler come. I'm out there. sure. Yeah, do that. Jake the snake, you know, couldn't do. But also, like Jake the snake was like picking it up and stuff. Oh yeah, and he like, always would throw it around. And well, and I've also heard like snakes, you know, make pretty good pets for many reasons. One, because they're cold blooded, they like to kind of curl on you. Mm-hmm. And a lot of pythons, particularly particularly like Burmese pythons, which are the ones that are all over the Everglades in Florida, because all these um, people who own them just let them out, and it was the perfect climate for them to thrive. And now they've risen to the top of the food chain. Huh. Another tangent, yeah. rivaling the alligator. <laughs> wow! Like both it and the alligator are at the top of the food chain. Yeah. In swampland Florida. How about yeah, that? Yeah. yeah. So. Uh, how yeah, did we get here? interesting. This Tuesday in Texas. This like, Tuesday the, in the, the, Texas. The things it does to a mind. Oh my goodness! But yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which the main event it was, was in San Antonio, right? Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. The main event was. Hulk Hogan defeating The Undertaker for the world title, yeah, well, which I told you I meant to do a little research before this and didn't, but when we, whenever we review this Tuesday in Texas, we'll get the whole scoop. Well, but I was also surprised The like the Undertaker, you know, was that big that yeah. early on. Like, that gimmick was an instant hit, and he had already won the title he, in the early at 90s. At Survivor Series 91, he won it, and then, yeah, Hogan wins it back at this Tuesday in Texas, and then, yeah, somehow... The title between this Tuesday in Texas and Royal Rumble is vacated. I can't remember. I think there was just, like, too much chicanery involved in all the matches. And like I told you, Ric Flair had something to do with it, too. Because he came in as the quote-unquote real-world champ, brought the belt from WCW. They blur it out in just a hilarious manner. And we said that um, last night, Ric Flair was only in WWF. For a tiny period of time. Like a year goes, ah. like a year and a half. Yeah, yeah like, not long. Do, do you know the reasoning behind it? Was it a contract dispute I think or part of it or? was, the, I mentioned last night, part of it I think had to do with the fact that they just could never make the highly anticipated Ric Flair versus Hulk Hogan match work. And so like that was a big I think that was a big part yeah. of it, and he's just like, fuck this, I'm out. And I think maybe just probably like creative differences with Vince and, sure. you know, I don't know, uh, but I'm sure there were a lot of factors. And then, yeah, he didn't come back until 2002, probably after yeah. WCW. And you know, he was always obviously a I mean, he was NWA. The last match, you know, the Sting and Rick. Yeah, yeah, he was just a the NWA. He was the face of NWA WCW. Right. But um, like I said, that was the most anticipated match in the world was Hogan Flair. Yeah. And I think they did it like once, non televised, and again, just for whatever reason, it never happened. Yeah. Uh, but anywho, back to the Rumble. 
Uh, number 22 is the Berserker, who's a just monster, who just, remember, he kind of bumbled his way down. He's like, yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's just absurd. Um, we have Virgil at 23, who I literally don't even remember seeing last night, because I think we were just so deep into this Tuesday in Texas. Yeah, yeah. Talk. No, I mean, it took us until, like, the final four to get <laughs> yeah. out of that. Yeah. Colonel Mustafa at 24. <laughs> And then we have the guy who is the current record holder for the longest time until Flair breaks it in about 10 minutes, the model Rick Martell. Um, So, yeah, they're like, could he win this? Because he's already lasted 50 minutes. It's like, no, he's not going to. Um, Let's see. And then next is Hulk Hogan at 26. Of course, uh, a huge pop. He had won. I didn't mention this. He won 1990 and 1991. Okay. So, uh, for a trifecta. probably a pretty good chance he doesn't get the repeat. Um, you know, he kind of does his, his big, you know, he takes out a few different people and obviously is just a big factor. Yeah. He chucks out Hacksaw, Virgil, um, and <laughs> at 27, we, speaking of alligators, the alligator man, yeah. Skinner, who would come in with fucking dips in his mouth and spit all over people. Again, what's with the spitting on people yeah, and yeah. licking people? See, I think it's a kid thing, too. You know, for, for some reason, I think kids... Because kids would do that? Yeah, or I think kids think that's, you know, some sort of, like, a funny way to, like, assault or something like that. And yeah. the, the uh, Bushwhackers bit, you yeah. know. I'll admit, I was a bit of a biter as a kid. Like, yeah. I would bite my brother when oh, I was yeah, young. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's how you, you know, get, it, get you know, the best of someone. When you're a little brother. Bigger, you're a, stronger. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. I was definitely... Definitely a fighter. Yeah, so uh, number 28, Sergeant Slaughter. You know, this is definitely kind of, obviously Hogan coming in, like, really brought the energy again. Uh, But there was a bit of a lull in between, like, the Macho Man Jake stuff and this. Uh, Undertaker, obviously, coming in, buffed it up a little bit. But, yeah, Sergeant Slaughter at 28. Uh, We've got a Skinner elimination. (laughs) And then 29, we have Sid Justice before he became Psycho, clearly. Um, And it was actually a babyface here for a very brief period of time. Psycho was the name of the wrestler, right? Well, he became, so he was just Sid Justice here, then he became just Psycho Sid. Oh, oh, Psycho, okay. Psycho Sid. For a second there, I thought you meant he went Psycho, like he actually went crazy. Kind of, but they spelled Psycho (laughs) S-Y-C-H-O. I bet Vince loved it. Why do you keep the P on there? Yeah. You don't even say it. Psycho. <laughs> but I think I mentioned last night, he's actually who... So Undertaker, he, he won the belt at Survivor Series 91, didn't win it again until WrestleMania 13 in 97. Wow. So, like, I guess five and a half years apart, he beat Psycho Sid for it in the main event of WrestleMania 13. Wow. So number 30, we've got the Warlord here. Um, I've got... Right before that, uh, a Heenan quote saying, "If he w- if Flair wins, I'll never do anything wrong again." <laughs> and I have here he was pleading earlier because Undertaker was about to eliminate Flair. Um, so it looks like there's nine men left, and uh-huh. Sid eliminates Slaughter, and Hogan and Sid eliminate the Warlord together, um, and then Sid eliminates Piper and Martell simultaneously. So we're down to our final four, which at this point we're probably focused in again. And, yeah. oh, boy, we're getting close to Mean Gene's fine moment, my, oh, my. Uh, the final four are Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair, Sid, and <laughs> Macho Man Randy Savage. So obviously he wasn't supposed to be eliminated. A nice quartet here uh, to end it off. Um 
Let's see here. So, uh, <laughs> Macho Man is the first one eliminated, so it's down to Flair, Hogan, and Sid. And remember, Sid kind of just out of nowhere just flips Hogan out. Yeah, it's like, yeah. holy shit, yeah. that's a big deal. Um, so it's just Flair and Sid, and pretty quick, like, Hogan just complaining, like, well, which is so funny, yeah. like, there's so much shit about this, like, F- Hogan was obviously, like, the biggest baby face in the company sure. forever, yeah. but, like, he was almost more of a heel. Yeah. Like, a lot of his actions, like, this is very healy. Yeah, like, 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 staying out and complaining. And, like, ultimately, yeah. grabbing Sid's hand and ripping him out. Yeah. Uh, with Flair's help, and then that happens, and then we get Heenan, yes, 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 and the match is over at 62 minutes, 2 seconds. Ric Flair is your new WWF champion. Chaos ensues in the ring and is about to be backstage. Yes. Whew, anything uh, before we go backstage? Anything? Any just general thoughts on the Rumble? Anything that stood? I mean, you already kind of talked about look, watching it a little differently yeah. this time, but yeah. any just final thoughts here? Uh, you know, like it seemed like one thing I noticed when watching it and watching more current Royal Rumbles, it's you know the the, the shooting format and the layout still kind of the same. You know, the characters have changed, and you know the the, the tone of wrestling has has become different. But um, you know, I really appreciated this because like. It like it let the silliness kind of you know take you know like 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 be the face of it. But then you know when it kind of came down to the end, you still had your, your big wrestlers, your yep. big characters. Um, so like for something like whenever you watch older wrestling, the product definitely doesn't hold up to kind of like modern. Yep. You know this I think is you know something that does. And I think you can just see it just in sort of like the layout and the you know and just the story, layout. like we mentioned with Flair coming in at three. Heenan on commentary, like, again, that's everything. And yeah, the yeah. way Heenan and Gorilla both play it up, like, I remember it's mentioned multiple times about how Brain's career will be over if Flair doesn't win. Yeah. And, you know, at one point he mentions that whoever wins is going to be a millionaire, yeah, yeah. which is just a geek. Not getting money. Yeah. Uh, but, again, I, I don't think I even sold it enough just how great Bobby Heenan was. Yeah. And Gorilla, too, in his role. Like, they... We're the perfect duo, you know, one of the best commentary teams of all time. But I mean it, like, this match is one of the best commentated matches in the history of wrestling in terms of, like, just adding to what's going on in the ring. Like, imagine if it was just Gorilla and, I don't know, if it was Jesse the Body Ventura, who was, like, he had no affiliation with Flair. Like, it just wouldn't have been the same. But it was just the perfect storm of all the elements just made this... I mean, such a memorable match, and why I watch it at least once a year, and one that, hell, I've probably seen this like 20 times in the last, like, I don't know, decade or less. Right. So, uh, yeah, it's a very, very memorable one. Like I said, my favorite rumble of all time. Yeah, I can Uh, see that. Like, it strikes the balance between, like, decent wrestling and, like, you know, entertainment value. Absolutely. Something that's, like, pretty accessible. With that constant thread running yeah. throughout and being reminded on commentary yeah. the entire well, yeah, time. Yeah, I mean, he was he was the main, the central figure. Rick Absolutely. And, like, you know, the like the match, like, made no, you know, like, like it, it was always that. He breaks the record at 59 minutes, 26 seconds. Yeah, I'm pretty sure... I know for a fact there's been people the last over an hour, no doubt about it. But again, at the time, and like I said, you mentioned earlier that you know Flair's WWF career right. was short-lived. Yeah, and he went this was definitely the highlight. Um, 
WrestleMania 8 against Macho Man. That's like a match. Um, that's a match that was one that I remember as a kid. We rented WrestleMania uh, 8 from Blockbuster. And one that like cracked me open as a wrestling yeah. fan. Flair's all bloody. His white bloody hair. Yeah. I love the Macho Man. He ends up winning. We may have to watch that one at some um, point. But like this like three to four month run was just so gold from Flair. So, do you want to know who um, has been the, um, the longest entrant? Sure, match? yeah. Yeah, just pulled it up. Yeah. Uh, two, two, Royal Rumble 2002, Triple H, 69 minutes, 22 seconds. Wow. That's been a long-ass match. Yeah, he won that one, too. I'm trying to think what what point he came in. But, yeah, damn. Must have been early. Yeah. I mean, like, five or below. Interesting. All right, are you ready to head backstage? I don't know if anyone ever can be <laughs> at this point. Very good. Rick Flair. You have made world. Put that cigarette out. And again, like. I have mentioned it multiple times. The anticipation is risen. We know exactly what's going to happen here. We start with your boy, Jack Tunney, yes. and Mean Gene Oakland, and obviously the three rascals, Flair, Heenan, and Mr. Perfect. Tunney presents the WWF title to Ric Flair, and he gives an incredible promo with the, with the tear in my eye. This is the greatest moment of my life. Uh, you know, the only way you can stay number one is to be number one, and this is the only title that makes you number one. And I think he says something like, when you're the champion of the WWF, you rule the world, yeah, yeah. which is tight. So. Um, and again, just, it's getting, cl- and I guess this is kind of when we talked about, like, when is the cigarette lit? lit. Yeah, probably close to that, like, like probably around, the, like, Two thirds, well, three well, quarters well, well, you of the see way. Gene, like looking out of the corner. Yeah, of the multiple. Like we never watched this harder. Like yeah, we were yeah, like yeah. a fucking hawk. Yeah. Just like looking at Gene, and yeah, like you can see a few times he does start looking over. So I, it has to be during the Ric Flair promo. Absolutely. You know. Because, like, he was taught, like, you know, he didn't have, like, you know, a moment to do it. And then he had to go back into character. Correct. And then he just didn't, he just could not put yeah. up with it. So, anymore. yeah, we're like, at what point does he start seeing the smoke? Yeah. You know, it's like, you know, and then I think we had pinpointed it, like, that's it. Yeah. And then, like, obviously he just can't break character. So it, someone to the left of the stage. He just, you know? he doesn't think he's going to break character. Oh, no, yeah. But, and then we get the... I wonder if he thinks somebody's got to tell that guy to put it out. Yeah. And then nobody else has stepped up to the plate. And then we get the classic line from uh, Heenan and Perfect that are like, we're not the kind of guys that said we told you so, but we told you so. <laughs> that chummy laugh. And then it's Ric Flair. Okay, very good. Oh, yeah, okay, very good. Ric Flair. You no, have made world. And then, like... You know, my away from the microphone. Couldn't so, have turned his head harder, harder and yeah. which again, that's why it's like it had to have been lit already. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Because he's not just catching them, you, lighting you were, it you up. Knew where the person was and just knew he just had to do it. Yeah. But like the show was literally had a minute left. Yeah. And you just you just could not tolerate it. And anymore. just again, the biggest, hardest turn head on a swivel and put that cigarette out. That, why don't you give me one? Put that cigarette. Put out. that cigarette out. <laughs> God damn it! And then yeah. just went. Right back to it. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. And then I have at least on uh, the TJR dot TJR Wrestling dot net recap. What, what, what here. do they say about it? 
Well, he's geeking about it. He's like, <laughs> me and Gene had a classic line to put that cigarette out. So random, but it always made me laugh. And then he says, Flair repeated that it was the greatest moment of his life. Flair said for guys like Hulk Hogan, Randy Savage, Roddy Piper, and Sid Justice, now it's Ric Flair, so you all have to pay homage to the man. Woo! Flair leaves with his buddies. Gene signs. So yeah, he has to recover and do the sign-off of the entire show. Like, we're done with... I I, I bet whoever it was had to have been shook. Yeah, yeah, this is live television. Um, And then, yeah, uh, John also says here... Uh, the tear in my eye part is what I remember most, but then I always laugh at me and Gene yelling about putting a cigarette out, too. That was so great. I'll never forget it, and it never gets old watching it. Oh, it never Never. Does. Yeah. Never, never, ever, ever. So, <laughs> I don't know. if we Do we want to talk about who who it was? Um, you know, I, I've thought about I it I know Sean Mooney is one. Yeah, it's like, and I think we tried to look like, like I don't think it's known. Oh, yeah, well, I mean, there has, has to have been... Like, could there have been a photographer who was, like, photographing that from the back? Yeah. Probably not. Like, I would imagine, like, there's got to be some sort of account. Like, yeah. somebody has had to have unearthed it, and there's got to be a way where, even if you look it up somewhere on the internet, like, somebody has to be at least, you know, saying that there's a definitive answer, yeah. even though we may never know. I don't want to know. Me neither. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I think I maybe brought it up when we reviewed it last year. Like, it's probably someone, like, in Flair's posse or Flair's yeah, yeah, camp. Yeah. Like, it's a celebratory yeah, cigarette, he's obviously. Close enough for him to like notice it and for him to, to like be able to say it away from the microphone. Yeah, and you know, obviously it whoever not- it was didn't give a fuck. Like yeah. you know, Flair just wins the title. It's a celebration. We're backstage. Just fires it up. Fires. And like, like we talked about last night, whoever this person is has backstage access. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they could clearly have gone outside at yeah. any point. Just yeah. rip this. Or, or there sick. had to have been a smoking section in the arena. Like yes. 1992. Yeah, you meant, yeah, yeah. Like, it was there. So, insane. Yeah, just one of the great, again, something I remember watching as a kid, me and my brother dying all the time. We talked about, it's just, it's so good. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah, you, you know, like, the first time you don't expect it, and you're like, what was that? But then, every time you just kind of repeat it, just the timing of it is just brilliant, the way it's, it's set up, and it looks. And, just, and I just remember, like, so much. Because you hadn't seen it until we watched it. The, oh, yeah, I didn't Because I told, I, okay, so yeah. I didn't even preface it for you. Oh, well, I, th- I think, I remember you being like, oh my god, like, you you're gonna this love is, this. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I think we got close to the end, or I think we, we got to the end, and you're like, oh, I forgot that this was, <laughs> this is in it, like, this is the end of it. <laughs> and then it changed our lives. Yes. Well, hey, that was a ton of fun. Um, Well, what a show. Yeah, what a show. What a match. What a moment. What commentary. Yep. Um, I guess we're going to be reviewing this Tuesday in Texas at some point, whether it's next week or in the near future, but that's definitely going to be on the docket. Sure, yeah, no reason not to. Uh, We're going to go back, go backwards in time, but uh, yeah, this was awesome, and... uh, We'll see uh, what shakes out next week, I guess. Yeah, we'll uh, put that cigarette out. Put your cigarettes we, out. We will, we will never know. We will never know. Bye. Bye. Brain Buster Boys, Episode 23, David Lynch. June 13th, 2021. Sayonara, David Lynch. Yeah, sayonara, David Lynch, I guess. Uh, I wonder where Lynch ended up with all this shit. Okay, well, I guess thinking... If we're thinking about this metaphorically, if the Black Lodge like represents some sort of dark period or place, then you know he's probably gone back to when Twin Peaks was canceled, or you know Fire Walk with Me came out and it got bad reviews. That was around 1992. Yeah, sometime around there. Yeah.
Well, where the heck am I? Royal Rumble 92? Huh, that's weird. Well, at least I got my smokes. May as well fire one up. Okay, very good. Rick Blair, you have made world. Put that cigarette out. Well, okay. You put on a good show there, Gene. Well, goddammit, I'm in fucking 1992. Gee whiz. Well, at least you can't watch a movie on your fucking telephone here. Well, I guess I'll go outside for my smoke now. After Gene told me to put it out. There's got to be some way to get back to the present. And when I do, I'm going to get those fucking Brainbuster boys. Cigarette. Out. 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 Out.